Hello and welcome to the Travel Utah podcast. On today's episode, we are rewinding all the way back to an interview I did in June. My brother-in-law, along with his good friend Kent Lyman, hosts an annual camping trip for family and friends at Lower Bounds Reservoir, located right on scenic Highway 12. It's an opportunity to spend a few days camping and fishing with people you love in one of the most beautiful parts of the state. And being that he grew up here, I took this opportunity to interview Kent about his home in this little corner of the state. It was a windy day and we were surrounded by the rest of our group at our campsite, so the sounds in the background just make it even more authentic. So sit back and listen as I talk to Kent Lyman on location at Lower Bounds Reservoir, located just off of Scenic Highway 12. My name is Matt Linton, and I'm a filmmaker. Since 2007, I have shot and produced promotional videos for the travel and tourism industry all over the state of Utah. Over those years, I've learned that the more I explore the incredible destinations that this state has to offer, the more I recognize that I haven't even scratched the surface. There is so much more to do and see here than people realize. The Travel Utah podcast was created to shed some light on the endless array of amazing things there are to explore in this incredible state and to help you plan your next adventure. So come with me and let's travel Utah. Hello and welcome everyone to the Travel Utah podcast. My name is Matt Linton. I am your host and we're recording at Lower Bounds Reservoir, which is located just off of Highway 12. Highway 12 is a 122 mile long scenic route that runs from Panguitch, Utah to the northeast to Torrey, Utah. And my guest today is an expert on this area, being uh, born and raised in this area. He knows a lot about it and has a lot of family history here. So I'd like to welcome my guest, Kent Lyman. Kent, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for the invite. You're welcome. So tell me a little bit about your experiences here. You actually said you weren't born in Boulder. You were born where? In Panguitch. In Panguitch. But you were raised in Boulder and grew up in Boulder. Yes. So tell me about that. Well, when I was born, the road between Boulder and Escalante was all dirt. Uh, They didn't improve the road until... The early 60s, I remember them finishing the road over more by Escalante in the late 1960s. And so if we had an emergency back when I was growing up, it was like 100 miles (laughs) when probably 30 of it was dirt road and... So we just had to treat minor things that we could handle with ourselves without going to the doctor. So it's a pretty remote area. For anybody that hasn't been here before, it's pretty remote. It takes a drive to get here, whether you're coming from the north, from the south, from the east or west. It's it's not really close to anything necessarily. You've got to want to be here to be here. (laughs) You've got to want to be here. So you're, tell me a little bit about the history of this area. Your family has been here for a long time, correct? The best of my knowledge is that my great-great-grandfather came across into the Boulder Valley and was the first white settler to spend a winter in the Boulder Valley. His best friend, Sam Sheffield, packed a plow on his back into the Boulder Valley 
to first plow the ground over here. Uh, it's it's amazing country, you, but yet, like I say, you've got to want to be here to be here because it's beautiful country. People come through here all the time from all over the world. From all over the world, yeah. Uh, they have improved the road now to where. Uh, you can drive from Escalante to Boulder in 45 minutes in a real comfortable uh, ride. It's, it's very scenic. Uh, I wouldn't change growing up in this area for anything. Yeah, I'm sure. So Boulder's kind of in the, almost kind of the center point of Highway 12, I would say. It's pretty close to the center from end to end. Yes. Um, how, how would you describe the Boulder area? What If you were describing it to somebody that's never been here, what how would you describe it? Uh, it's beautiful. It's remote. You can be in the mountains in 15 minutes from Boulder. You can be down in the desert 10 or 15 minutes the other way. Uh, it is actually, in my book, the gateway to some of the most beautiful country that you'll ever encounter. Going down uh, southeast out of Boulder, you'll go down towards the Circle Cliffs, go down over the Burr Trail, and it'll hook into another road to where you can go down to Lake Powell, Bullfrog, or you can turn north and go up along what they call the Blue Divide and come out at Notum and into Capitol Reef. Or you can come across the Boulder Mountain and have a beautiful drive that way and come into Torrey. So pretty much any direction you're driving, it's a beautiful drive. And like you said, there's, there's a lot of different landscapes. You've got the, the alpine forested areas up here by Lower Bounds that lead back down into Torrey into Capitol Reef. You've got the, the rock cliffs of Boulder. You've got the deserts. There's just so many different things. And in driving through each of these, you tr travel through multiple national parks and state mm -hmm. parks, national monuments. Talk a little bit about that. Well, from the time you leave Panguitch, heading east, you're going to go by Bryce Canyon National Park, or you can take the tour and go down through it, and it will probably take you a couple hours, depending on how much you want to see there. Then you can go over uh, to Escalante, and before you get into Escalante, there's a... Uh, road that takes off to the north and goes up to uh, Wide Hollow Reservoir, but it's also got a, a petrified forest up there where they have just massive chunks of petrified trees uh, just laying where they fell and are petrified. Mm -hmm. Then you can go out of Escalante uh, about halfway between Escalante and Boulder is Calf Creek National Park, or, or <laughs> National Park or State Park. Anyway, it's, one of the two. <laughs> yeah, it's got uh, some camp spots where you can camp. Uh, it's got a beautiful hike to the lower falls. It's 
uh, three miles hike up a very moderate hike it, not strenuous at all and you can go up there uh, spend the afternoon in the shade of the trees and in the pool up there but the water is cold it's <laughs> always cold it never warms up and on the way there's uh, places where you can see moky houses on the side of the ledges and pictographs on a hike up the Escalante River a little ways. Are those pretty accessible then, they, being able to hike up to them? You can hike up to the pictographs, but you can't hike up to the Moki houses because you have to look up and they're, they're not accessible. But you can see them from, you a, can, you from can a distance. See them. But then you can uh, drive up out of Escalan out of uh, Calf Creek, and go on over to Boulder, uh, where I was raised. And then, right there in town, they have a very nice Indian museum, the Anasazi Indian Museum. Uh, the Indians were there. I don't know. 1200 A.D., 1600 A.D., uh, mm -hmm. very nice artifacts and stuff that they've found there. But from there, you can go out of Boulder and take your time, go up over the Boulder Mountain, drop off into Torrey. But the Boulder Mountain is a flat-top plateau called the Aquarius Plateau. It's the highest flat-top plateau in the North American continent. The highest right. spot is uh, Bluebell Knoll up on top, which is accessible with ATVs. It's 11,200-and-some-odd feet high, mm. but it's, it's a gorgeous country up on top. So driving Highway 12 is kind of a... a uh adventure and experience a destination in itself yeah. um, but what what type of things can people do along that route i mean as far as um you mentioned atving um camping obviously which we're doing now what else can people do along this this route well there's multiple turnouts where they can uh turn off and take pictures some of the places that they've uh got to take pictures from uh are very well-known places, especially uh, if you hike up to Lower Calf Creek Falls. That's probably one of the most photographed places in the state of Utah is the falls. But the advantage of hiking up there is go in the spring or in the fall because it's hot. It gets way hot. But it's... Uh, I enjoyed growing up in Boulder. Uh, at the time, I thought I it was hard work and everything, and it was. We hauled hay. We you were raised on a farm. Yes, and we milked cows by hand and fed animals and herded cows. And some so, days, some days I was on a horse from six o'clock in the morning till ten at night and. Just doing what you have to do. So did you ever have any time off? <laughs> uh, when I got my work done. <laughs> so what did you do when you had your time off? What, what would you go out and do? Oh, we'd go exploring. Uh, back then, there wasn't any rules. 
you could hunt arrowheads and pick them up and keep them and then you could uh, just go uh, ex just explore just see what there was out there see what's over the next hill and mm -hmm. we'd be gone all day long we wouldn't worry about lunch we'd have breakfast they'd say my mom and dad would be say okay just be back in time to do your chores and get your evening things done so you had a massive backyard basically <clears throat> oh yeah it was <laughs> We, my older brother and I, we each had a 22, and we'd go rabbit hunting or just go out and target practice. I, I think a lot of people would look at that as kind of the, <coughs> the ideal upbringing to be able to experience something like that and be in the outdoors. So when you're doing this, were you doing it by hiking, by motorcycle, by car? How did, how did, were you exploring around? We sometimes would just go on a bike ride. We had the old-fashioned bikes, not the multiple speed bikes, but right. just one speed. Single speed. As fast as you could pedal. <laughs> but uh, we would ride four and five miles down in the circle cliffs, and then we'd end up having to push the bikes most of the way home, up the hills and stuff, you know, but we had fun. Yeah. That's great. So... As you got older, you moved away from Boulder. Yeah. Do you have a home here? Do you live here at all, or do you just travel here when you come for fun? I just travel. Mostly, I just come and and enjoy my time with friends. And, and, and you obviously take a lot of pride in the area that you grew up in. You have, at least in my experience, I've been exposed to it because of you, and indirectly because of my brother-in-law, who yeah. you introduced to. So you've started this tradition of coming here. You introduced Scott to this area. Yeah. Scott uh, came here with you the first time, I think you were saying 13 years ago. Yeah. So tell us about how that came about and, and why you, you wanted to bring him here. Well, I just kept telling Scott about this kind of country, and he, he wanted to learn how to, to uh, fly fish, and he kept asking different people, will you teach me how to fly fish? And, and nobody would take him up on the offer, and I told him, I says, heck yeah, I'll teach you how to fly fish. I don't know how to do it that well, but I've got a friend that's pretty good at it, so between the two of us, we brought him and Christian down, and I think Christian was 13 or 14 years old at the time, and mm -hmm. And they both caught a fish the first time. They were fishing with a fly rod. Uh, fly fishing is the ultimate. When you hook onto a fish with a fly on top of the water, that's... It's a different experience. Oh, yeah. It's a whole different it's, experience. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Well, so I had been fly fishing before I came down here, but I'd never been fly fishing. Dedicated, I'd never dedicated a trip specifically to fly yeah. fishing. And I had never had a lot of success fly fishing. And so my first year coming here, I think, was five five or six years ago. Yeah. So it, It's very accessible. If you want to bait fish, you can bait fish, too. But to me, fly fishing is the 
ultimate. <laughs> well, and, and when I say accessible, I, because it's not a large reservoir, no. it's 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 relatively small, and it's I mean you could get around hiking around the the reservoir, you could get around it, you know, relatively easily and, oh, yeah. and fish from any spot on it. Yeah. So, um, this experience or this tradition that you've started of coming here annually with Scott and Christian mm-hmm. has grown to where today we have 26 26 people a catered dinner and i don't know how many tents and hammocks and things that are set up but i i mean you started this (laughs) well just with a little pressure from scott (laughs) but that's you know that's how good things start that's you know being being uh willing to to go out and teach somebody fishing who or fly fishing in your case in scott's case creates great memories great opportunities my my last episode um i interviewed uh, a gentleman that he's he's part of an organization called real recovery mm-hmm. I, I was fascinated by by the story of of what they do and and um for those that didn't hear the previous episode it's a nonprofit again that is dedicated to assisting men who have been diagnosed with cancer yeah. and basically creating an opportunity for them to go out fishing, to learn how to fish, fly fish at no cost. Um, it's a, it's a weekend camping trip basically. Yeah. And as part of that, they have somebody that comes as a buddy that if they don't know how to fish, will come and teach them. And that's what made me think of you and your experience with Scott, bringing mm-hmm. him here and teaching him how to fish, how to fly fish. Fishing isn't all about catching fish. Fishing is getting away, being with friends, being in the great outdoors. Catching a fish is just an added bonus. That's all it is. If I, I could go, I could go all day just fishing or even set my pole aside and just go see the scenery. But if you're fishing, catching a fish is just an added bonus. It, and that's one of the things that we talked about, that these these men that are going through really, really difficult things yeah. um, and have, you know, their their life, you know, is is in the balance based on how their, their cancer is doing. Being able to go and fish and have that not be on the forefront of their mind to have other things that are peaceful and calm and enjoyable. And just, it's a, I think it's a great organization to, to really create an opportunity for these men to just let that, that physical and mental um, pain be kind of soothed by through fishing. I can't even imagine going through cancer. I really can't. I lost my wife with cancer, and it's not something that I'd really want to go through. No. And and that's the you know, and I, I'm sure this was probably a, a good fishing was a escape for you to be able to. Oh yeah. You know, clear your thoughts and allow yourself to not be so weighed down by the the struggles dealing with that. That's true. Yep. So. I don't quite know how to say it but if people really want to get outside their selves this is what they need to be doing get away from the tv get away from the games get away from the cities 
come out and enjoy nature. I guarantee you, you spend three or four days in nature with people that you love, you will never even miss the TV and the video games and things like that. You're going to have fun. It's, it's just that easy to get wrapped up into getting out. Yeah. And that's, it's so true. We're so tied uh, to our phones, to the TV, and especially with everything that's going on in the world right now, it's so easy to be weighed down by all that stuff and to, to come out. And in fact, I was thinking that this, this morning, I went on a little hike just over here, just over the ridge. And that was the exact thought that I was having that it's so nice to be away from all that stuff and not be hearing it and not hearing the news of everything that's going on around the world right now. And just, isn't it nice to be down here where you can't get phone service? <laughs> it is. It really is. If I didn't have my wife and kids at home and there was well, that yeah. little bit of worry of yeah. just they can't get in touch with me. But otherwise, it is It is really nice to, to be able to go someplace and not be interrupted and not be constantly pinged on your phone yeah. and have things, you know, clicking up all the time that are trying to grab your attention. Nope. Because there's enough here to, to keep your attention to, and to really uh, allow you to leave all of that behind. Oh, yeah. There's, it's just, it's hard to describe the country around here, though. You go down in the Circle Cliffs and about six or seven miles, you'll be a big canyon and you look off. They could rappel down that so easy, have so much fun doing that. And it's, it's got a little slop canyon down there that I went in last week when I was down here that is just drop dead gorgeous. It's about 200 yards into it, but it's breathtaking. Well, and to be honest, this entire Highway 12 is drop-dead gorgeous oh, from beginning is. to it end in, in every direction. You look on either side of your car as you're driving forward, backwards, left and right. Yeah. Everything that is around you is just every corner. You're like, holy cow, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. And it is so vast and so big. Mm -hmm. um, it puts things into perspective for you. Yeah, it does. I'd love to... You know, I used to say, oh, I wish all the tourists would go away and everything, you know. This is our little spot. <laughs> but, you know, I'm happy that people want to get out and they want to come and see this. Uh, I know there's other places around that are just as pretty as this, but this is my unique place. Right. I love coming here. Uh, it's a three and a half hour drive for me, but I would do it every weekend if if I could do it. Yeah, yeah. And and we'll have future episodes where we talk more about Highway 12 and some of the other locations and destinations that yeah. that are available there um, along the route and and more about the route itself. But this has been a great opportunity for me to to come, you know, with this annual camping trip and fishing trip but to to sit down and talk with you a little bit more about it and and what people can come and do here it's yeah. it's just such a beautiful area well and one one interesting note that i didn't tell you we did not have a road into boulder until 1939 
it was all mule train. <laughs> uh, it was pretty remote. We were the last, or one of the last, incorporated towns to get a paved road. Really? In the, in the state of Utah. Well, and I imagine that you, you're pretty, I mean, again, as we mentioned, the, the national parks and state parks, you're probably pretty well versed in all of those. I, I would imagine that you've spent a lot of time in each of those. Well, not as much as I'd like, but uh, it's pretty short coming from Panguitch, go over the mountain and go down through Capitol Reef, down to uh, Bullfrog to go on to Lake Powell or else you can uh, go the other way and go hit I-70 and go uh, down into Arches. Moab. and Yeah, it's... I mean, this this whole area down here is just really unique, really pretty. And I and, and I th- I think there's a lot of people in Utah that have never had the opportunity to go and explore it, and get to know it. Well, there's people that will spend thousands of dollars to go out of the state to go visit other places. I could find different places in the state of Utah the rest of my life to go. I would never have to leave the state. That's true. And that's kind of what this whole podcast is is geared towards is is the the locations and destinations that a lot of people don't know about or um, may not have heard about. Because there really is if you if you dedicated the rest of your life to traveling, you could legitimately dedicate it to traveling within Utah. Oh, I'm and, sure. I mean, explore the entire state. There's so much to see here that in that time frame, you very well may not be able to see all of that. Yeah, but it's true. So, well, thank you so much for coming and joining me. I appreciate you coming and sharing some of your thoughts and feelings on this area. We're, I'm so grateful to be down here for these couple of days and, and excited to come back next year and come fishing with you again. So thank you so much, Ken. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. To subscribe or to find out more information on this and other episodes of the Travel Utah Podcast, please visit TravelUtahPodcast.com. The Travel Utah Podcast is a production of Merlin Films, LLC.